Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The Movies That Made Me, with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Yes, uh, I don't know if, I hope you got the message about a minute after we talked. I got a phone call from the woman at Movies Unlimited, and she, or she, I had an email from her, and she said, oh, they've, they've just added the Blu-ray. So okay. the film is coming out on Blu-ray, which, uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. But. I've talked to several people uh, who saw it in theaters last week. Yes, and it's playing oh, in geez. theaters here. We should, um, uh, and um, actually, I should wonder, we, uh, we're, we're, we are talking, we are very excited to be talking with uh, the Danish filmmaker, Anders Thomas Jensen, Sort of, I guess, first burst on our scene here in the States, because, of course, the world doesn't revolve around us as much as we think it does. But uh, uh, won an Oscar for um, a wonderful short film called Election Night, um, has written and uh, made several of the films in the dogma movement, um, including a few, including Mufune uh, with Paprika Steen, who has been a guest on our show, and uh, um, actually a couple times, and um, is the writer-director of... Uh, I can't think of a movie. I mean, I'm not, I, I love films. That's why we do the show and why Joe does the show. And um, my wife and I watched Riders of Justice uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I, um, sadly, I'm not one of the people who saw it in a theater. I should apologize in advance for that. And uh, I, I was anticipating just from the trailer, I thought at the very least, this is just going to be a really good Mads Mikkelsen action film revenge movie. And um, it, it certainly satisfies on that level. It is so much more than that. It is, it is funny. It is touching. It is, it is such an incredible mixture of tonalities and ideas. I mean, it is, I'm not exaggerating. I, I turned an anti, I was like, is this, this is like the best movie I've seen in years. And she was just with her jaw on the floor. I mean, I was knocked out. And um, after, after I sort of recovered, I was like, okay, we're, we're getting that guy. I need to talk to that guy. <laughs> I want to find I want to find out what kind of movies he likes. <laughs> and um uh it it it's it's such a thrill to have you. Um and uh and I want to I know I know Paprika put in a good word for us, so I want to give a, a shout out to her as well, because uh, we we love her. <laughs> and uh um but yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's just um there are times when I wish we did a show where we actually did talk about our guests' work because <laughs> I can talk to you all afternoon. But um but we won't. We won't talk about your work anymore. I apologize for even bringing it up. Uh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it really is. And if you have a chance, um, and I guess it's still in theaters, right? If, um, it, is, it is indeed in theaters. Yeah, yeah which is incredible because um, we're finally opening up again. And um, uh, yeah, if you have a chance to see it in a the theater, do. Um, if, if you don't, just just uh, stream it, watch it on VOD. It, it's, it's phenomenal. I can't oversell it. It's... Um, 
I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say what I say. say if, if, I don't want to give any more away. Just, just go do it. Uh, but anyway, Anders, thank you. Hello. Uh, coming to us from Copenhagen. Um, Hi. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, um, what kind of, what kind of, I don't even know where to begin, but sort of, I, I guess, just uh, in essence, like what, what kind of movies make you tick? Um, where, where do you come from in terms of uh, uh, the films you love? Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I know it's a cliche, but I, I, I really, I love all movies except for perhaps uh, uh, romantic comedies. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I find, I, I, I uh, also like movies from different countries. But of course, I grew up with American movies. Uh, that's, what, that's where it all started. Uh, uh, because they were, I, I grew up in a small town where they wouldn't play French films there, for instance. It would only be like, Actually, I think the first movie I saw in the local theater was uh, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, uh, yeah, the first many years were, were American films. And also because then, you know, I, we got a VCR when I was about 11, 12. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then the only films available again was, uh, was uh, French films. Uh, American films. American films, really? Okay. So it's, it's very much American. It's a, uh, uh, yeah. So I guess it's I I suppose it's the same as uh, as uh, as you. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's probably a lot of the same films, right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, and I assume that that domination of of sort of the world culture is still happening. Um, I mean, I know it is, I guess, but it, I feel like uh, there's probably more variety, a little more variety available. Well, there's a lot variety, but I, you know, I have four kids, and I can see. I can see they can choose anything like Asian films and it's there. It's, uh, but still there, it's, they're watching stranger things, right? Right. But it's, uh, right. Uh, it's still dominant. <laughs> I, I think uh, all this variety kind of came along with streaming because, you know, there are only so many theaters in the town and they only, they're likely to play, um, you know, whatever the box office hits are. Uh, and now we are not uh, shackled to that anymore. I mean, we, we lose the ability to uh, to enjoy a movie with an audience because we're watching it on a screen at home. But uh, the the panoply of world cinema that is available right now is uh, is much wider than it's ever been in my lifetime. In fact, there's just there's too many movies to even you know figure out. I mean, it, it's like what are we going to watch tonight? Well, I'll just pick a country, you know, and and they're all there. Uh, yeah. And so. Um, it, the, the, uh, the variety is much wider, I think, than it was certainly when I was growing up. Yeah, and I mean, but, uh, there's also something. I mean, now it's uh, because you are Americans, you have such, a, and there's so many American films. So I guess it's, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I think that's in a broad sense with all, uh, all like uh, all culture, because you are such a huge culture yourself. When you're from Denmark, we are very small. We're five million people. So you sort of, which is good, you sort of get to pick and choose from the best, you know, uh, because we don't have that many authors or musicians. Or, so you, you have to turn your eyes to the whole world, right? So, so that's, uh, but that's later on. Back then it was, uh, it was Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, uh, All that, uh, that dominated the cinema. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, the first film, I mean, Raiders of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That, that movie, uh, I, I saw it in the cinema and it blew me away because 
there's also uh, to understand exactly why I think you have to explain that in Denmark there's a subsidized system where the government will subsidize films that are very artistic and very very boring very often they're like uh, you know there's a lot of uh, it's how do you say they they have a strong uh, moral and they teach you how to be a good citizen it's, it's all, I'm making it sound like we're a, like a communist country but we're not but it's almost uh, uh, but that's one side of the industry then there's the other side of industry that actually is an industry that makes money and 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 they um, they're very very like uh, very slapstick comedies so 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 you I, I was sort of I grew up I thought that either a movie was very very slapstick or it was pretty boring and suddenly boring, boring, right. <laughs> suddenly I saw uh, first Star Wars but especially uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and it I just I I mean I still know I got a I, I guess you can say that because it's, it played in the cinema for a while and then it disappeared and my life was empty but I got hold of a bootleg copy for the VCR and I saw it. I, I still know, I think I know all the dialogue in the movie. I mean, I could, <laughs> uh, so I've seen it so many times. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to become a film director. I, I watched it every day when I got home from school because uh, uh, in a long period. And that's the whole idea of creating a world like this. And I mean, the, the level of entertainment and the whole universe was just uh, crazy for me that this existed. Yeah, I can, I can, I can imagine. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a pretty groundbreaking film for for us too. I think when it came out, uh, but yeah, not not to that degree. Um, my my experience with Danish films was pretty much limited to Reptilicus and uh, <laughs> pictures with Dirk Passer and Ovis Brago and you know uh, those kind of pictures. They were you know bought by American companies and repurposed. Um, so I I really didn't get into the Danish film archive until much much later you know in like the, the 70s and 80s i started you know going back into into films from that area but they were they were except for the ones that had been you know repurposed for commercial purposes there, there really weren't very many that were released here no also because we didn't do many and and to be frank there weren't many uh, of course we had like iconic uh, dryer and uh, i mean like pioneers in cinema but but there weren't many uh, and people, I, I don't ho hope many Danes will hear this because there, there weren't many <laughs> like that. Uh, so, uh, but I'm, it's funny, you know, Reptilicos, because it's uh, there's an actor called Ben Miding who's the lead in it. It was his first part, and he, I, th I think he, I can't remember how he got it. There's a fun story there too. But uh, he he thought it was forgotten, and then he got to some film festival. I can't remember where in the United States, and actually he had like a group of fans waiting for him. <laughs> and I think it's who's. I think it's alongside Plan Nine from Out of Space, the Ed Wood film. It's it's been recognized as the worst film ever made. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of competition, but it's got Tivoli Knights in it. You know. Yeah, Tivoli Knight. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting it's getting we're getting into the weeds here. Very esoteric. <laughs> Yeah, Joe, wasn't there, is it Reptilicus, one of those ones, if you want to get even further into the weeds, the, the, the novelization was um, very R-rated? Well, there was, a, a, there was a company called Monarch Books, which put out uh, novelizations that tied in with various pictures that were mainly aimed at kids. But the novelizations were incredibly dirty and, and filthy. And there was tremendous amounts of sex and very, you know, very graphically described 
and um, and Reptilicus was one of them. I mean, uh, Brides of Dracula was another one. I mean, they, and this company was very popular. <laughs> People, parents bought them for their kids, not knowing that this was actually close to porn. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> who would read them before giving them to their kids? You probably well, seen true. the movie. You thought it was. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. Well, uh, Andrew, it's great. What, what's uh, what's next? Well, then I, uh, but then of course I, uh, I got a, little, uh, a bit older. I discovered like Scorsese and and all the, uh, and actually, actually, I really also uh, in a space. I really like that uh, movie. So I'm glad to be sitting here with you. Uh, that was really a, was a great movie. Um, and all, did you do the on uh, uh, the movie Amazon Women on the Moon? I really like that movie too. We would like a group of I saw that in Denmark. Oh, I saw it many times. <laughs> uh, did, did you do the uh, it's called Reckless Reckless Youth? Did you Reckless do that? Youth, yes, that was mine. That's uh, my favorite. There's a there's, there's a, there's a <laughs> shadow, there's, a, there's, there's like an establishing shot. Where he, where the guy he walks through, he gets sick and he walks into a wall. But there's like a shadow of is it? It's a ladder, isn't it? Yeah, it's a ladder, a ladder. and it's the same set. Every set in the movie is actually the same set that's been moved around and redressed. But that's you know we 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 did our homework. I mean that's the way those movies really looked in the thirties. Sure. Yeah, that that was really funny. Um, but um, yeah, so so. Uh, no way! I sorry, I don't mean. To, I have to ask. Did you see? You didn't see that. Did you see that in theaters, or did you see it on video? Oh, no, I, nobody saw it in theaters. Okay, I don't, I don't <laughs> even hear. Was not in theaters. I never know. You never know. No, we were like in high school. We were like big fans of Monty Python and and the, the what you call airplane movies and stuff. And that it, Amazon Woman, Women on the Moon had a, had a it had something like down that road, right? Yeah, it was a Kentucky Fried movie ripoff. So it was, yeah, that, yeah. it was a series of those kind of movies with sketches and things. So, um, but no, but next, I mean, that was, I think the next was uh, uh, like uh, David Lean, where I, uh, I remember I saw a, I saw a, and that's Lawrence of Arabia is a movie that sort of stuck with me. I, I see it every 10th year uh, and it's, I, I, I have a new experience with it. Uh, Luckily, they have a 70 millimeter copy of it here and a cinema that runs it every like 10 years. So, uh, and but that was the whole uh, that was something completely as discovering like this what you can do in cinema. I mean, uh, and it's it's so tough to talk about these things because it's uh, because it's very much an, uh, it's an, an emotion, it's a feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, and I haven't uh, it's not as if I've uh, analyzed it and can say a lot of clever things about that, but it's just. Again, I, I have. I also had something with the main character that also followed me. It's the first time I fell for a, a complicated main character. That's, mm. as, I mean, like uh, Lawrence uh, is a he's a sadist and he's a, he's a complicated man. Uh, not like your not like Indiana Jones at all. I mean, <laughs> yes. And and something in that character just uh, yeah, and and I think every. Almost all the movies I I really really like they have uh, uh, protagonists that are not that likable uh, or that you get to like or that where there's a challenge in liking them. And I can a lot of times when I write for myself I 
I, you know, if you throw, you know, you know that too. I mean, if you throw somebody in a wheelchair and see one, you're sure people will like them, right? So, <laughs> you sort of feel you're cheating when you do stuff like that because I, I really like to. And I mean, in all five films I've directed myself, it's they're really not likable for the for in the first half of the film, or they have issues that are not uh, that you wouldn't like. So. Um, so I guess Lawrence, it's the first time I first time I stumbled upon that that you can actually do a main character that is the funny. Good. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I remember like the first time I saw Lawrence. You're so taken. I mean, by everything and especially yeah. Tool's performance. I think it was around the third time somebody points out that he's kind of awful. That it sort of sunk into me. You're like, oh, I, I guess so. Yeah, I'm just I'm so well, drawn to him. He's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, we love crazy. We love crazy in movies. Um, you know, it's a, it's a much better movie than your iPhone, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but there's a, isn't there like a whole establishing scene in the officers' club up in the first act where they basically tell the audience he's uh, he's not uh, he's uh, he's awful. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they set you up to meet this awful person, and then Peter yeah. O'Toole strides in, and you're just like, oh, he's wonderful. Um, yeah, in fact, I mean, there's there's a lot of that in Riders of Justice. I, I um, uh, especially the three uh, the three friends, the three amigos, um, are so on the surface unappetizing, but <laughs> you really do you 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 fall in love with them fairly quickly as they get stranger and darker and more fucked up. That's the kind of wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> but I like. That. I mean, that's uh, I, I think it's. Uh, it's wonderful that you can do that. I mean, it's yeah. I, I, I I love films myself where you know where characters uh, because humans are like that. You know, most yeah. most people are not that nice. I mean, they have a side that that aren't that nice. Right, right. <laughs> so it's uh, but still you are able to love them. So it's uh, yeah, it reflects but reality. Like, but then there's the the movie star problem, I guess, which is some movie stars are so. Um, uh, you know, the instant mad steps on screen. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going wherever he's going. I don't care what he does. I, I love him. I, that was, I would say my only flaw with the uh, casino Royale. I was like, I, I'd be okay. If this guy killed James Bond, he's kind of great. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> he's very compelling. It's great. Uh, so you, have you, the first time you saw Lawrence, was it in a theater? Yeah. Oh, good. I've never, okay. I've always, I've, I've seen it. I probably have seen it on, but it's a shame to see that movie on a. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen it in the theater several times. In the seventeen, I made a copy. I've definitely mentioned this on the show. I think even recently. But you know, every time a new print of it or whatever comes out on on Blu-ray or you know a new box set, I will buy it and I'll probably watch all the supplemental stuff. But I have never, and I have a giant screen here. I I will never watch it on video. <laughs> I always have to see it in the theater because it's. I don't, I don't know. David Lean, there's one because sometimes I mentioned that in the bridge on the River Kwai, and I was mm. really uh, the German. Uh, my wife points out uh, that uh, why, why do you only like movies where there are no women. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, but still, it's that's also amazing at that time that you could do um, a, a huge budget movie without a female lead. I, I don't know how they even managed to to, uh, to get that made because. I thought you were supposed to have both, right? Right, right. How do you have the love scenes? Well, then he made up for it with Dr. Zhivago and Ryan. That's Thor. right. <laughs> That's right. Yes, mountains of schmaltz. Um, wow. Well, what's uh, what's next on your list there? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, on my list, I have to put the, the apartment because I, 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 and that's, but that's just as, I mean, that's, I think, mostly as a, as a screenwriter because that's, uh, I, I, I mean, I love that. Uh, it's, it's like the perfect, uh, the perfect idea, the perfect setup, and the perfect uh, execution of a, of a, of a screenplay, I think. Uh, um, and I mean the again the characters uh, again this um, that you have a, you have a comedy where it's it's it, it is a comedy but there's like this uh, there's this sadness underneath uh, everything these these yeah. two lonely people uh, that they, they basically they both of them have given up right on on somehow on love and on life uh, in, in in such a nice uh, in such a nice subtle way and and then it's uh, uh, so again, it's the combination of the, I mean, yeah, characters and the, I don't know what I'm saying. I should be more articulate. No, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, and it's funny because you started by saying you don't like romantic comedies. I guess that is technically a romantic comedy. But, it is, but it's, but it's, it makes the, the point. Thing, yeah. It's the, I mean, it's hasn't, it hasn't been done as good, I think, since the, then. So it's, uh, I, it's one of the first ones I remember Oh, that, you know, caught up to me. So uh, from there, it's uh, I've never seen anyone that I could compare to it. I think it's 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 so good that movie. Yeah, no, I think it uh, it, it transcends all of its um, certainly its genre, uh, and and yeah, he's such a he was such a great writer. That was that was one of the ones with Diamond, right, Joe? I assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, God, that that the run they had as as writers with him as a director um, is just astonishing, and so many different kind of genres and feels and and. Uh, temperaments and um yeah um just uh, and he, and I, I still feel for all the love that that wilder gets he does not get his proper due as one of our greatest filmmakers um, no, I, at least at least over here well it, it, i think he does on a no i think you're right actually he should <laughs> but he can't get enough that's probably why mm -hmm. um exactly we want to pause for just a minute to thank our sponsor, MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website. They're actually huge fans of our show, which we love because we love all of our listeners. And they feature pretty much every one of the movies we talk about here, except for the incredibly obscure ones that have never been released on video. So you can find them and add them to your collection. Sure, you can stream a lot of stuff these days, but when you buy your favorites, you watch what you want, when you want, and there's a ton of great content and bonus features like director's commentaries, deleted scenes, and all sorts of goodies that you don't get elsewhere. They're great. In fact, they're um, uh, when I was growing up in Philadelphia, we would get the Movies Unlimited uh, catalog because they're from Philly and they're still putting it out. It's this big, giant phone book-sized thing that has like every movie that's out on video. It's fantastic. So buy your favorites at MoviesUnlimited.com. You're going to find classics, imports, hard-to-find films, and, of course, tons of new releases. Seriously, they do imports. They do stuff with other regions. They're, they're great. It's a great resource. The prices are fantastic. The choices are endless. Own all the titles you love and enjoy all the bonus features that you just don't get elsewhere. So if you want to own your own experience, click the Movies Unlimited banner on, your, on our website and buy your favorites from hard-to-find films, imports, and more. Go now to MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website, where shipping is always free on orders over $50. So feel free to spend lots of money. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now back to our show. But if I move on, then I have uh, I put the, the producers. Uh, but again, that's a, but that's like it's it's uh, it represents uh, how do you say it's it's uh, I could have put other movies on, but I think that's that's also one of the best uh, ideas for uh, a comedy. But I, I also had a huge uh, love for these uh, uh, all the, uh, the all the Gene Wilder like what what were they uh, the last remake of Bochest and. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Modern Brother, uh, uh, all these seventies uh, 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 movies, uh, comedies that were really uh, well made, and and I've I've had this thing with comedies that are really good that I do, you don't have to see them. It might sound odd, you can actually because I, so many times I have been lying, you know, falling asleep, just putting on one because it's so. I I I have to say I sleep better when I watch something. So. Um, Comfort food. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's like if I put one of those on, I won't fall asleep, even though I turn my back to them, because the the the, the dialogue and the, the sound and the, the bit over the top acting of the characters and everything is uh, you visualize the film just by hearing it completely, which is uh, quite amazing with those films. I suggest everybody tries that. <laughs> um, but again, this, I mean, it's, uh, what do you, how do you say again? I, I mean, it's, it's a great idea. It's great characters. And it's, it's just so entertaining. Uh, yeah. the, I mean. No, I, I love what you said about the listening too, because there's that sort of commonly accepted uh, trope that, you know, the great movies you can watch with the sound off and understand what's happening. And um, I, I vigorously disagree. I defy anybody to sit and watch The Godfather and have much of an idea of what's happening without the sound. Uh, and it also it gives short shrift to writers. And obviously there's a lot of films that, you know, you, I mean, you know, it's a visual medium, but yeah, so, so many great movies. And as a kid, there were, when I was growing up, there were a lot of, uh, there were records we had where they had taken, they were mostly classic films. I think most of them were from radio programs, but they would make radio versions of, uh, great films, especially back in the forties. And when I was a kid, not the forties, but, uh, you know, we had some of these. So I like, you know, my, my knowledge of like Key Largo and things like that came from first having heard these radio plays a million times and they were almost verbatim and you could follow them pretty easily. Uh, it, yeah. But, and it's, that, that may have helped turn me into a writer. I don't know, but, but yeah. Yeah. And the producers is just, uh, uh, it's so grand. It's so grand. Cool. What's, uh, what's, what's next? Well, it's, uh, again, it's, that's, uh, that's a movie that I could have picked another Coen Brothers film because I think all their films are great and they all inspired me tremendously. But uh, the Hot Sucker Proxy, uh, again, it's a personal experience. I had with, I, I had this, uh, I think I was early, beginning of my 20s and I had a girlfriend in Paris and I, uh, I, I'd seen Blood Simple and I, I saw that this new movie came out and I went to see it. Uh, actually, I'd seen them at, uh, at Champs-Élysées. And when I saw it, I was, uh, I cheated because in France you can, you can go out and you can actually go into the next, uh, you can see it again. You can go out and, and not hide, but just go around and go in and see the next show. So I, and I saw it three times in a row. Mm. I mean, the, also because this, it, 
I knew that it didn't perhaps succeed on every level, uh, but it, I mean, technically, of course, it was amazing. I mean, it's, uh, and of course, the, the music, I think it's uh, Kachaturian and Spartacus they use uh, in it, but the pictures and the music and the whole, everything, there, there was everything that should be there was there. Uh, the whole the theme with the circles and, but but it, I I know it didn't really add up. But again, they tried to do something very difficult. They tried to uh, try to uh, how do you say ironize, and at the same time have real emotions. Uh, I, I mean, because it is like a it's it's a big wave to what do you call Capra and I mean all the or Hawks and Capra and all yeah, the yeah. old uh, movies. So, so and they're very aware of what they're doing, and and it's 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 a bit emotionally distant but then they still try to get emotional which is of course is why i think a lot of people don't like it because that it's very hard to succeed with that uh but i just the whole the whole technical side of it and and the fact that just trying just doing this movie and and i mean it i, I was uh it, it's a very very bold movie to do i think uh, yeah I, I remember um because it was sort of jennifer jason lee was kind of at the peak of of um you know her her career i think and and was just uh remains one of my favorite actresses and i remember being knocked out that she was clearly i mean she's terrific at the film but she was clearly struggling with that rat-a-tat-tat kind of Catherine hepburn rosalind russell delivery it just gave me a whole new appreciation for those actresses and actresses back then who had to do that just naturally and it also feels like some people are born to it because bruce campbell who's a wonderful presence and not you know not the great thespian per se I thought he just, he did it naturally. He was amazing with that. Um, but that's such a hard style to capture, I think, for an actor. Can you imagine actually. getting a picture with that title made today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is it? It's, it's, you know, for kids. <laughs> it's a proxy. What's it's a proxy. proxy? It's a high kind of proxy. What's, What's a proxy? Uh... <laughs> Racing Arizona. Isn't there like a, there's a delivery guy or something comes from a company where it says hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. They must have known that they were going to do that at some point. Oh, that's right. In, um, yeah, it, something, it, something. They do that a lot. It's, it's so funny how their little things. Well, that builds, it builds their world. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the cone, the cone shared universe. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Uh, cool. Well, what, um, what, what is next? These are great. I want to go back and watch all of them now. Well, next is Groundhog Day. Again, I think it's, I mean, this because of the script, but also because of the, it's, it's like the perfect, uh, I mean, it's the perfect uh, metaphor and coming together of your theme in that movie. Uh, uh, but again, you know, it's, when you talk about movies like this, uh, it's going to be, uh, it will eventually, it will be a bit banal because it is very uh, banal when you analyze it. I, and I guess that's why we do movies, right? So, so we try to hide how uh, how banal the, <laughs> the theme is. Why we spend years wrapping it up? But uh, uh, I mean, it's it, it, first of all, it's a perfect metaphor for like being stuck in your life, right? In Groundhog Day, I, I suppose everybody who listens to this know what it's about, right? It, it's uh, especially after a year of quarantine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've, yeah. we've all just lived it. <laughs> no, but the whole, the whole, <clears throat> just the whole structure of the movie and 
the idea that the, the I mean, we, we all we know how this the feeling of reliving every day. So it's very relatable. And then the whole idea of uh, it of him that he has to you, you know. But it, again, it's kind of sounds so banal when it's. Uh, I mean that if you don't you your life will become meaningless if you don't learn to care about others. I mean, right. it sounds cheesy now, but there's something, it's just a great, great comedy. But that, that fits in with your paradigm before about the idea of the character that you don't, you know, don't warm to at the beginning of the movie yeah. because they have a lot of problems. And then as it goes on, you know, they, they are here redeemed by their experience. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, a, that's also, a, that's also part of it. But, uh, and, and perfectly cast too, because we we especially at that point he's still to this day. Bill Murray is that guy. We we love watching him be an asshole. So so you're already in. You'll you'll go for that part of the ride happily, even though he's wildly unappetizing. But but I love what you see. Yeah, it's like it's probably it's a, it's a terrible thing to do to a lot of movies is try to explain what they are because you're right. It's um uh there's a term that they're always using here at least um uh, with pretty much anything that they're on the fence about. But they go well, but it's execution dependent which of course everything is, but yeah, you're right. It's like, it's a movie about a guy who wakes up every day and realizes he has to become a better person. And he does. And that's, that's about He has it. to overcome the fact that he has to listen to the same Sonny and Cher song every that's year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's just so well done every scene and just, and it's, it's so, it's so heartfelt. And then there's that sort of unexpected joy of watching Bill Murray uh, become a human being. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I the only thing that's I mean, that's the only uh, not. I mean, the only minor thing we could have. He's way funnier. In uh, I mean, he is, he's so much more fun when he's uh, being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yeah, but you know, if the film's working, you're happy to see him sort of warm up, and you know, you're rooting for the two. Of and them. that was apparently a fairly contentious movie on the set. It was not not it was not a fun time for everybody. There. Oh, really? Lots of, yeah, lots of disagreements and problems and stuff but uh, you know they they often say that the movies that have the most difficulty getting made are the ones that turn out the best and the ones that you have such a great time making are the ones that come out and crickets chirp in the theaters um, sometimes sometimes yeah sometimes sometimes like I, I know realities that one's <laughs> i know you you tend to get into fist fights with your leads on a regular basis joe i've heard the stories so yeah it's, uh... <laughs> you can't let these people push you around you know yeah also, I, but that really is it, it's also a movie that kind of i believe is there a precedent kind of created its own subgenre. I mean, like I can't think of another movie. Well, there's certainly been a couple of pictures with the same plot. There have been many since. Yeah. 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 Action yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a new one. There's a new one out right now, uh, uh, Boss Level with Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson that is actually shockingly entertaining. And it is. It's an action movie version of it where a guy has to fight his way to the bad guy and, and he keeps dying and waking up the next day and figuring out new ways to do it. And it's um actually wildly entertaining and very fun and what was that tom cruise movie where he keeps dying and they oh we had the one with 12 different titles with that lousy title and then they then they decided to call it uh um kill oh. kill me again or kill me a couple wash, of times wash or, die rinse again yeah something. yeah which is yeah that's a terrific film and palm springs recently which was a romantic company where two people are stuck in that actually more than two but they're stuck in that loop and um it, it is because it is one of those things that you walk out going, God, I wish I'd thought of that. And then, you know, if you're, if you're clever, you conjure with it long enough and come up with something that uh, does it justice, but becomes its own thing. Yeah. I, I love that kind of thing. I love, I love a movie where you walk out and go, God damn it. I wish I had made that. Mm. 
Yeah, and I see, I know because I lived with a couple of years in LA and because I'm used to like the change in weather and stuff. And in LA, you can see where you would get the idea. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. yes. it's, exactly. Yes. Years has gone. It's like same day. Yeah, well, try, try Los Angeles in quarantine. It's even more of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, going out, isn't it? You're out. We are, we are no, most, we're, we're, we're on the cusp. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're maskless in many areas, uh, outdoors. Uh, and of course, if you've been vaccinated, um, then you're, you're in pretty good shape, except that nobody knows who's vaccinated and who's not. Um, you have a little card that you bring with you, but, uh, you know, that's only to get on the airplane and stuff. Um, so it's, 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 it, and, and this is, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a spot right now where things are kind of going well, but there are other places in the world that are, things are going very, very badly. How, how is it there? Well, we weren't hit too hard. Uh, so, I mean, uh, but it's, uh, it's, oh, it's opening up to, uh, I mean, it's everything is back to uh, almost everything that you can't have like 60,000 people at a rock concert. And that's about it. Right. Uh, they wear masks and uh, most half, half of us are almost vaccinated. Yeah, we're we're going back to movie theaters, but there's still uh, limited capacity, and you have to sit. It's really, like every second. Scene. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's nice. I actually finally went to a movie a couple of weeks ago, and it was I, I wanted to cry. It was so wonderful. <laughs> Next is uh, it's uh, Barry Lyndon by Kruger. Uh, yes, because I mean, when I saw that film, I I loved it, and I was all the time thinking, this shouldn't be working. Why is this working? It, it, and again, you have a main character. Where, I mean, basically you have a man who, who does not want anything, but he wants it all. He wants to be, mm -hmm. he just wants to, how do you say, advance right. to the top, which is good. But he's, he, he is so, uns, I mean, he, he's, he's not likable. I mean, and he doesn't react emotionally to uh, anything. And part of that is also the way it's done. I mean, with the, the actor, what's his name, Ryan? Uh, Ryan O'Neill. So it's, it's, a, it, it was just, it, I was like floored by the, and I know why it's working. It's because it's, uh, it's because it's brilliantly made. I know that, but still it's amazing that you can do this and keep me watching for so long where, where a character shows, uh, so little, uh, so little interest uh, and, uh, uh, which just, uh, which, is amazing. So I just had to put it on the list. I, I, um, what, what, what more can you say? Um, but that's, that's basically it. It's just a movie. I think about every time I start doing something, I, I think about, uh, you can always just tell if you get your script back and they say that the character, you need to develop him more. You can just, uh, <laughs> say that executed like a uh, paralympic. I am so ashamed. That was the one, that was the last Kubrick movie I, I ever saw. And I had, you know, came out when I was a kid. And if you're, you know, a child that there's nothing about that movie that looks interesting in, in, uh, you know, in a way the clockwork orange looks pretty cool when you're 11 years old, as much as it's not appropriate. And I finally saw it. It showed at the dome a few years ago and I've just been kicking myself ever since. Cause it's, it's, um, and, and you should know, you should know by now it's Kubrick. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to disappoint. And it's, it's amazing. And what I, what I was not prepared for either was how funny it is. It doesn't present itself as a movie that's going to give you a lot of laughs. And it's, um, no. 
it's actually- no, and it also overcomes the, the the problem of having the narrator tell you what's going to happen, just like in the book before you see before it, it happens. Yeah, you know, so you go, well, well, where's the suspense? You know, well, that's not what it's about. It's yeah, not it's about not the suspense. suspense. No. Yeah, and I hate when people uh, dump on Ryan O'Neill in that film because I think I think he's a decent actor and he's he's done some terrific performances, but I think he's he's perfect in that. I mean, as you say, he's sort of a He's a bit of a slate. And I think he's exactly what Kubrick was looking for. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't, Yes, exactly. So you see exactly what he wants you to see. And, it, and, and, and exactly he tells you what's going to, to happen, which is, which is sort of crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine he did that thing where he makes the actor do 40 takes for a scene, though. Because what, what would you be looking for from, from Ryan O'Neill? More blankness. More blankness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I love it to death. And then I put on um, uh, Amadeus mm. by form because that is. Uh, I've, I've been working a couple of times on a on on a script for biopics, you know, and that wow. is the that is the and that's so hard because it's 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 very tough to. Uh, to do a good biopic and not many good ones are made a lot of biopics are made but there's so many cases where you can see that it's uh, but this movie is just so to do a to do a, a like a, a story of a real person and then say okay we have to do a story about a genius and then <laughs> get the idea to okay let's turn it around and do a story about what a genius does to a normal person and right. then turn it into a, which is still a really good story about a genius. Uh, right. And, and that, that whole, uh, that whole idea of in, inventing, no, Salieri, I think is a real, who was the composer at the, in, in, uh, in Vienna, I think or something. Uh, yeah. he, he existed, but to just invent that he's, uh, he's this man getting chewed up by envy. And, and, and it's such a, he's such a beautiful character. That he hates, he hates Mozart. He hates his guts, yeah. but he loves he loves music more. So he's so he's like torn. So it's it's for me. It's one of my favorite all time characters, Salieri. Uh, and then, um, well, yeah, it's a, it's a movie in its own right. I mean, if that makes sense, because yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Biopics that are just here's the life of a great person um, are are so so hard to pull off just conceptually. It's it's not enough, you know. It's like uh, but, well, it's usually but, it's easier to do a biopic on a person who's flawed. I mean, that's you know, if you do Ed Wood, you know, which is a great biopic, sure. uh, is about. But 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 the subject is not a character who is accomplished. It's a character who's trying to accomplish things that he doesn't have the talent for, uh, and that's kind of poignant in itself. So that so that gets you through it. But in in Amadeus, I mean, the, Thomas Hulse plays Mozart as such a ninny. Mm-hmm. That you know we don't like him either, you know, because he's a jerk. I mean, this is that laugh alone, and 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 so it is Salieri's picture. I mean, it's about it's about a guy who just can't get where he wants to go, and he sees this other guy who doesn't deserve it but has more talent. God gave him more talent somehow, uh, and it's of course it would eat him up. I mean, it's 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 a terrific story. Yeah, but 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 that's the focus as opposed to simply here's. Although my guy, I'd say. Here's one that does it so well, we never even think of it as a biopic that you mentioned. I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is a biopic. Yeah, that's right. But you just don't think of it that way, you know? It's, it's um, yeah. That's, that's true. 
But again, there you have the, but what can, that's the, like the positive side of doing biopics is when you, like Joe says, if you have a, a, a flawed character, you, you, you tend to bring that, you perhaps you bring that more into a story than you would have otherwise, right? And uh, with Lawrence and Lawrence's case. Yeah. But here, but it's just, it also takes some liberties just to say, I mean, Mozart was hugely successful. I mean, throughout, uh, I mean, he was like celebrated all over and, 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 and the movie just takes these liberties to say uh, that uh, that he was like also. I mean that he had this down and not recognized enough, and I, I mean to dramatize it, yeah. which is it's just uh, it's just for everyone who's doing a biopic, see uh, see Amadeus because uh, often you're very confined to reality and how it was, and and uh, of course it's also easier to do a biopic with people that's several hundred years ago because you won't have them. Uh, yeah, calling, calling you, you up, <laughs> <laughs> threatening to kill you. So of course that's the, the, there's an issue there. But uh, anyways, it's, it's it's I just I love Salieri and that movie. Yeah, there's a I I have a, a character I've been trying to crack for a million years. It's a fascinating. I, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say his name and then just ruin it. Let somebody else figure it out. But but the problem I keep coming up against, and this is um, he's been dead for a hundred years, but is that it's impossible to find any meaningful and significant flaw in his life. He was this unique individual who sort of did the right thing at all times and was incredibly accomplished at what he did. And there were pretty much, you know, after for his early years, there were no bumps in his road. And, and you just I keep running up against the fact that it's an incredibly boring story. <laughs> it's, it's not enough to just be great at a thing. Um, which is kind of, I'm, I'm amazed though, like they, they pulled it off in the Buddy Holly story, which is, you know, about a normal kid who picked up a guitar, wrote some amazing songs and then got on the wrong airplane. And that's pretty much his entire life. And yet it is entertaining, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's a good film. It's not one of the greats. It's not Lawrence. It's not Amadeus. Um, yeah. You need those flaws. You need those interesting characters to bounce off of. Um, that's why it's been so hard to make a good movie about the life of Christ. It's true. I mean, try to try to sit through the greatest story ever told. I mean, it, it is it is, you know, it's 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 reverent and it's you know meaningful and it's nicely made and, but it's just the most boring movie. It it, it goes on forever and every shot is a wide shot and it's it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, and then and you're also like if you try to sort of you know, fictionalize it and give them a few interesting flaws, you're going to get in trouble with a lot of well, people. Well, then you get Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> change the ending. That's right. <laughs> change the ending. That's be the best part. Well, you know, then, then you have Last Temptation, which is, uh, but, uh, um, God, fantastic. Cool. What's, what's, what's next? Next, I put on Little, Little Shop of Horrors, um, uh, Frank Goss. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, also because I wanted, because I really like musicals too. I think they are, I think we need more good musicals. Uh, so, um, but, uh, why did I put that on? I mean, it's, I, I, I like the, uh, the, I, I also have this love for like, uh, Faustian, Faustian, how do you say it in English? Faust, uh, Faustian, know, Faustian, Faustian stories where, where, with a, uh, with a happy ending. There's a lot of times they do not end happy. <laughs> and it actually does here. Uh, so it's uh, I, it's the story about a, um, this nerd who 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 is 
who finds this flower and 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 he has to he has sort of has to feed it blood and then feed it you know to commit crimes to in order to feed it while it helps him become someone yes <laughs> it's, it's a, i mean it's a very traditional uh story but what i really like is the, the music also i mean the, the it's howard ashman and alan have you seen the original movie that it's based on? The yeah. two and a half hour movie? <laughs> two and a half hour, two half day at night. But I think, yeah, it's, it's a very short film. Yeah. But, but Jack Nichols is yeah. very, very young. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, uh, I actually better like, uh, I like the, I like the Frank Oz version. Well, Frank had a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> I <know> you. <laughs> you know, that, that picture used to end with the, uh, with the plants taking over. And there was a big expensive yeah. ending where they uh, they take over there on the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever. And um, and for whatever reason, they they cut it and reshot it and took it back into the little room that most of the picture takes place in. And I understand that there is, I think it was on yeah. YouTube for a while. Um, it's on the Blu-ray. Uh, and now they've, they've put it back together sort of and put it on the Blu-ray, which I think was a better ending. But is that, it's originally, a, it was a Broadway play, right? Yeah. No, it, was, it started as an off-Broadway play. Because it was, oh. you know, it was such a small movie. It was a cult movie that people saw on television on Chiller Theater, and it had this, you know, it was a movie that made no money theatrically, but everybody saw it on television. And so then the the title was in people's minds. And then when they decided to make a musical out of it, they tried it out off Broadway, and uh, then it was became more and more popular. And then it became, you know, this giant money making thing. Okay. Well, I have to find the 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 alternate ending. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure no, it's, it's on the current like Blu-ray. It. It's pretty cool. I also love it's kind of the opposite. It's the the reverse journey of what you've talked about before. Because Rick Moranis is as much as he's a sad sack in the film, he's very likable. He's Rick Moranis in the beginning, and he becomes worse and worse and worse as the movie. Oh, but I like that too. As long as people yeah. become likable at some point, and as long as they're dislikable at some point in the film, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my only criteria. <laughs> Good, good luck getting a studio film made in America in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now imagine that alternate universe where you're getting the notes back. Like, I, we like him too much. You need a scene where he does something awful. He needs to kick a dog. <laughs> he needs to kick a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, that'll be a happier world. I think if, uh, if we got away with that more often, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, next up is, uh, is a French film. Called uh, en profit. Uh, oh. God, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh yes, yeah, love it. Oh, that's a great movie. You finally got to see a French movie. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's I, I, there's so many French films I like, but uh, since this was a it's a U.S. show, I wouldn't go there. So, uh, <laughs> so, but I thought I would choose one, and this this movie is when I think it came out in nine or ten or something and when i saw it i again i mean it's it's the best uh because to me i know there's been a lot of discussions because it's it's called a prophet and is it a political comment to what france is about to become and uh, everything and the director uh, has said it's not so it's uh, but to me it's just uh, one of the best uh, coming of age stories i've ever seen mm. uh, with, with one of the best uh, characters and it's my favorite prison movie and and it is a coming of age story because I mean in the start scene I think or the beginning of the film he's it's a man trying to grow a, a beard right it's a boy who comes in right he's he's, he's teamed up with his uh, 
with his gang of uh, hoodlums. But the journey to get there is just uh, is just amazing. Actually, actually, the only thing I can say that's a little say bad about it is the title. I think the title is is weird uh, um, because it confuses a lot of things in it. Um, mm. But the action sequences in this movie they are so real uh, and so uh, it's done it's done so nasty that it's very i really really love violence on movies <laughs> i love to watch it and i love to uh, also because i think it's very often it's also very funny when it's over the top but here i had to turn my face which almost never happens wow because it's done like a, it's like a seeing a documentary from a butcher hall when he mm. I mean, it's so rough and so yeah. real, and really, it takes your breath away. So, so a great yeah, it's movie. A, it's an amazing film um, uh, with some some great performances. I know, I know it's one of those movies you can't oversell. I think, um, and he Odiard, is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah. Has done some other terrific. Uh, he he did um, uh, what was the, Joey did a western a couple of years ago, uh, The Sisters Brothers. Yes. Which, um, yeah, was 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 also uh, shockingly good. Um, yeah, really, really interesting filmmaker. And uh, um, yeah, the pro- uh, profits, uh, I, I, I love it. I need to, I need to go back and, and uh, watch it again. I mean, the detail in his, I mean, the detail in the main character that he's he's doing is is, is amazing. He's also a great actor. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's great. Well, I, I was interested to hear because, and I, I want to pick your brain for a minute about about a filmmaker. I was wondering if uh, if Clint Eastwood was going to show up or not uh, on on your list because there's um, I don't think you can watch Riders of Justice and not be reminded of of some of his better films. There's a little bit of uh, Unforgiven to it and a, a hint of one of the things I always love about Josie Wales is that Josie Wales is a guy who's deeply invested in being a kind of taciturn Clint Eastwood hero, but is constantly being saddled with these kind of eccentric weirdo characters and is forced to form a family. So I kind of thought about that occasionally when I was watching your film and then of course, Unforgiven. Um, and at some point, but, yeah. uh, and I was like, does this guy love Clint or does he have some issues? I was just, I would, I would be interested to hear what your, your thoughts are about some of those films. I mean, you're, I, I, you, yeah. Unforgiven is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's um, if, if if anything, if I had to sort of shorthand your movie, it's it's you managed to bring uh, a lot of laughs into a kind of unforgiven scenario. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What's yeah? I like every, every. I mean, when there's a horse in them, I like Sunday school films. Uh, That's a, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yep. Um, might want to stay away from Joe Kidd. That's a little boring if you haven't seen it. But uh, other, other than that, I, I agree entirely. Uh, yeah, there's kind of that pre, I, I feel like Unforgiven after that, he turned into a different filmmaker. Um, yeah. And, but I like some of those movies, but I just think that, I mean, it's uh, yeah. also the Dirty Harry. And uh, I mean, there are like two, so, two kind of people, I think. <laughs> the ones that like Dirty Harry and the ones that like him on a horse, right? <laughs> oh, no, I, I like both. It's just, to me, it's like, I think somehow Unforgiven made him respectable. Um, and and uh, I, I think that's a terrible thing to happen to a, to a great filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to worry it won't happen to us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you must never be respectable. 
Um, but uh, at least if you're American, because I, I would say, Andrews, that you're a very respectable filmmaker and somehow you've managed to survive that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's, um, can I, are you, are you working on something now? Is it the biopic or you're? Uh, yeah, we are working a little on a biopic, but uh, no, I, I have this, uh, you know, I, I am foremost a screenwriter, so I work as a screenwriter and then it becomes too lonely and at some point I'll have a script that nobody else will do and I'll go and uh, do it myself. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, so I'm back, I'm back, uh, I'm back writing uh, with my co-writer. I have a co-writer right now, Nick Assel, who uh, uh, we just did a new film for him. Uh, which is which is actually a biopic, where we ah. uh, very inspired by Amadeus. We changed everything, <laughs> but we're not allowed to say anything with the title because uh, then they will. Yeah, okay. people will. <laughs> can can you tell us who it's about or what? Can you tell us who it's about? Uh, no, because oh. then it's then, uh, every, I mean, it's that would uh, tend to give it away. It seems. Like. I, yes, I guess. <laughs> It's not Jesus, is it? <laughs> oh, I can say who it's not about. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, but it's it. No, but basically, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm back to writing. I, I like that. I like this. Uh, how do you say? I don't know the word in English, but the, the the change between you know after you've directed you, I, for me anyway, I don't want to see anyone for a year because you've mm. had so much contact with people asking you things you don't. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, and then, if you write for a couple of years, you want to get out of the house. So it's, I think, it's a good uh, way to, to yeah, mix. Yeah, that was a great balance. Um, yeah. if, you can, if you can, yeah, if you're fortunate enough, uh, that's wonderful. Well, look, I, I can't wait to see what, um, what, what you do next. And uh, seriously, if you're, um, this is coming out. Uh, the, the film is still in some theaters, and it is, uh, I believe, on VOD. And it's coming out soon on, um, on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I, 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 I can't, I can't endorse this movie enough. Um, I absolutely love it. Writers of justice and it's not a Western. That is correct. <laughs> but it does have some Western elements. Um, but, uh, yeah, great, great film. Oh, well, Andrews, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, I say this all the time. One of the, one of the joys of this show is I get to like, uh, yeah, we do. We get to, you know, see a movie that knocks us out and then we get to like stalk the filmmakers and make them talk to us about movies. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's always a good time, but this was, this was a blast. So thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Stay safe out there, folks. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.